This is Ria. Welcome to Little Stories for Tiny People. I am so thrilled to be back with a new story for you. I know you get excited to hear a new story, and I get just as excited to share one with you. Because... Ugh, I just got an email. It's from a studio spider. If you're new to the podcast, welcome, by the way. You might be thinking, what is a studio spider? It's simple, really, and it makes total sense. There are a few spiders, and now beetles, who live in the uppermost corners of my studio. They have tiny laptops, and they send me emails, usually pointing out things I've done wrong. Okay, let's see what it says. Dear Rhea, spelled wrong? You know how to spell my name. (sighs) Dear Rhea, can you just please get to the story this time? We don't want to hear all of your blah, blah, blah. Signed, The Studio Spider and Beetle Council on Studio Management. Huh, that's a new one. Look, I wasn't even going to talk that much. I've talked more because I had to read your rude email to my listeners who have their own emails to deal with, probably from the spiders in their homes. (sighs) Where were we? Today, we're going to do a two-part story. (gasps) What was that? A two-part story. Oh, thank you, Lily. It is a two-part story. It's called... A cat story. And I think it's just about time to hear part one. Take it away, Eve. Remember, there are no pictures. You have to imagine them in your mind. You can imagine them however you want. Okay, here we go. Cat lived in a house with big picture windows. They had wide sills, perfect for lazing upon. Cat didn't know what color the house was or what the outside of it looked like. Green tendrils of something crept upwards into his view, but Cat didn't know what was growing right beneath the window. He never had the chance to look at these things. The only times he'd ever been outside, he was carried in a dark box on his way to people who made him sit on a slippery metal surface. They petted him, then prodded him, then poked him with a needle, all while talking to him in a syrupy voice. Just one more. You're doing such a good job, Whiskers. It was awful. Cat did not like those times outside the house. Thankfully, it didn't happen too often. Most of the time, Cat spent his life on the sills of the windows, flicking his tail in the air, daydreaming about being out there in the vast beyond. It tore him up inside, a bit, but he didn't do anything about it except daydream. Until one day, Cat saw something he'd never seen before in his life. Cat was lazing on the windowsill. The sky was a bright blue, and he could hear birds singing. 
The sound drove Cat crazy. He imagined himself chasing those sweetly singing birds. He flicked his tail and tried to put it out of his mind. After all, it was time for his third nap of the morning. Cat yawned, stretching his mouth impossibly wide. When he snapped his mouth shut, he opened his eyes. He saw something out on the sidewalk. He blinked. He must have gotten it wrong. He couldn't actually be seeing what he thought he was seeing. Out on the sidewalk, there was a human, a very tall person wearing strange boots. Why do they wear foot coverings at all? Cat wondered. But there was something more important on which to focus. This tall, strange-booted human was gripping a thin rope. The rope was trailing behind him. The rope was attached to a cat. Cat felt his stomach twist in knots. The cat on the end of the rope was scrabbling at the ground like it contained an underground reservoir of catnip. The human tugged at the rope while smiling and laughing as the cat was dragged along on the ground behind it. Every now and then, the cat awkwardly scurried its feet along, reluctantly participating in its own embarrassment. Now, Cat had seen plenty of dogs attached to thin ropes. He'd seen how they merrily, jauntily strode in front of their human people. He'd seen them hold their heads up proudly as if it was all some great honor. On occasion, he'd heard a person walk by another person with a dog and say something like, Who's walking who? The dog always smiled at this with satisfaction. Cat rolled his eyes just thinking about it. But a cat on a rope? Unthinkable. Cat watched as his poor neighbor was pulled across the ground, collecting actual dirt in her fur, which would have to be cleaned nonstop for days, no doubt, until she and her human person of questionable character vanished around the corner. The sky on this day was alarmingly blue. It was spitefully beautiful. The sun was an agonizingly cheerful shade of yellow. Cat went to his scratching post and scratched until he felt the knots in his tummy begin to unravel. He sipped the water his person had set out for him. He nibbled a kibble his person had provided. All of his needs taken care of by people. For the first time, this thought sent a chill down Cat's spine. Cat's person returned to the house. She pet Cat's head and went off to make strange movements in front of the colorful rectangle with the moving pictures. The person did this a lot. Cat found it to be very unsettling. But Cat was not in the mood to think about his person's odd movements in front of that colorful rectangle. He went back to flicking his tail and gazing out the window. In that moment, the human person, enthusiastically doing her high kicks and planks, 
would not have noticed anything different about Cat. Nothing at all. But in truth, after Cat saw his neighbor being pulled across the ground out on the sidewalk, everything changed. Cat began plotting his escape. Well, that might be an exaggeration. Cat, technically called Whiskers by the human people in his life, but to whom names like this were totally absurd, of course I have Whiskers. Human people don't seem to name their babies eyebrow or toenail, now do they? As you can see, Cat got sidetracked quite a bit. The point is, he didn't actually do much plotting. He simply tried to escape. Every time one of Cat's human people went to the door, he attempted to run between their legs. And every time, those human people's hands with the unfairly effective opposable thumbs would reach down, grab him from above, and deposit him back inside. They would sometimes shake a finger at him and say, Whiskers, no, which Cat found very funny. He never laughed, of course. Each day was the same. Run out the door, hands grab from above. Run out the door, hands grab from above. He missed some opportunities. One time, he waited and waited and waited and waited, and just as the human person opened the door, a cricket launched itself in front of Cat. Obviously, Cat could not allow this cricket to leap away without cocking his head at it, pawing at it, and staring at it until his eyes got very big. Cat heard the door shut. The cricket leapt away perfectly well. That cricket even sang as it leapt out of sight into the abyss of a coat closet. A few days later, Cat had a clear opening. The human person was distracted by someone at the door. The door opened. Hello there. We're just doing a sprinkler installation for your neighbors, and we wanted to offer you a free estimate. How much does the estimate cost? It's entirely for Cat ran and ran and ran and water is on me, water is on me, water is on me. Cat, feeling the water drops, imagined the sky opening and an endless cascade of rain falling on his beautiful fur. Cat ran back inside. I don't think we need a sprinkler system. Thanks. It was then that Cat saw through the open window that the rain was actually a few spare drops coming from the new sprinkler next door. Hmm. A week went by, then another. Cat was feeling lost. He'd had so many failures, he wasn't sure if he wanted to even try anymore. But then... Cat's human person approached the door from the outside. She was carrying about five grocery bags. She opened the door, awkwardly. Cat watched all of this, without helping, of course. What was he, some kind of pack animal? Cat wondered whether by carrying so many bags at once, the person could damage her wrists. And that reminded him of all the strange things he'd seen humans do that cats would never even think of to... Oh. The human person dropped two of the bags and a glass jar of pickles broke in the doorway. Cat froze. 
This was a clear chance to escape. He had mere moments to make a move. The human person was on the ground, trying to pick up the mess. Cat looked out through the door. He saw a person walking by, wearing silly boots. Boots. He remembered why he'd hatched this escape plan. He thought of the neighbor cat being dragged across the ground. He ran and ran and ran. And this time there were no hands grabbing him and there was no water and there was only fresh air and blue, blue, blue sky and cheerful sun and green all around. Cat immediately stopped and aided Dandelion. Then he hid under a huge metal box on wheels. Cat settled in nicely until, perhaps hours later, he heard this. He felt a great rumbling and because he'd spent the vast majority of his life perched in a window, watching birds and planes and the occasional helicopter, and at one time a very, very lost paraglider, Cat thought the thing atop him was about to take off, leave the ground, and fly away. He froze in place and tucked his head and braced himself for the great rushing of wind that would soon come from the power of this flying machine lifting up and away. And while he waited for that, the metal box on wheels rolled out of the driveway and down the street. Cat felt the sun on his back and peeked up. And seeing only trees and sky and houses, he shrieked and darted down the sidewalk to the next car. Cat huddled himself beneath it, and exhausted from this strenuous two minutes of activity, immediately fell asleep. While he slept, that car rolled away too. Cat was having a rather pleasant dream about crickets when something prodded him awake. Cat looked up. The sky was endless, massive. It felt like he could be swallowed upwards into it. The sun was blinding. Whenever the sun was this bright, Cat left his window perch to relax on the rug. The rug was plush and comfortable. It was his favorite place to be, second only to the windowsill. Forgetting where he was, Cat looked around for his rug. There was no rug. Cat blinked against the harsh sun. A figure stood over him, backlit. New to the outdoors, the figure said. The sun graciously slipped behind a cloud, and Cat could finally see who was addressing him. It was another cat. He was scruffy, long in years and short in tail. One of his green eyes was covered with an eye patch. One leg was wrapped in a tattered bandage. Cat just stared, aware of the fact that he was exposed in a strange place. Mmm, your fur looks like you've been pet today. You smell like... Cinnamon or something. Cat thought back to the cinnamon candle the human people kept on the piano. 
He thought it smelled nice. I think it smells nice, Cat said, immediately regretting saying anything at all. The old cat scowled, glaring at him with his one good eye. Hmm, at least you figured out the problem with the human boxes. Cat glanced back at his box. He saw that the outside of it was red. He saw that the green tendrils visible from his windowsill were attached to a flowering plant. It was pretty. Mm, I escaped, if that's what you mean. What are you going to do now? Uh, adventures, mostly. Adventures? Hmm. What kind of adventures? The old cat asked, still scowling. Oh, you know, um, exciting adventures. Exciting adventures like eating dandelions and hiding under wheel boxes. I was just getting started. You won't get too far. Hey, I've been waiting years for this. Weeks, at least. I'm never going back to the human box. Mm, I've seen it before. Cats run outside. Let me guess. Broken pickle jar. Cat frowned. Takes a certain type of cat to survive in the wild. I'm a domestic short breed has nothing to do with it. A certain type. Fierce. Unafraid. Independent. No nonsense. No sense of humor, Cat joked. The old cat glared at him. Cat gulped. So, it's worth it? To be outside? Worth it? Huh. It's... <coughs> the old cat hacked up a hairball. Cat watched it settle into the sidewalk. It's worth it. Unless you'd rather be safe and comfortable. The old cat shuffled away, favoring his bandaged leg. Good luck. You'll need it. You can call me Colonel, by the way. Wait. Uh, Colonel, I, I have some questions for you. But the old cat disappeared under a fence. Cat suddenly felt very small. He looked up at the big human boxes and the towering trees. He heard a loud screech of a bird of prey above and ran away from the sound. He took a turn off the sidewalk onto a small path and followed it behind a house. The house's backyard was exquisite. There were trees snipped into the shapes of animals and spirals. Decorative stones surrounded a small pond. Cat imagined a fish in the pond, and he took a step towards it. Who goes there? Cat whipped around to see a chipmunk holding a golden flag over its shoulder. It was standing in front of a screen door. Behind the screen was a cat with piercing green eyes. She was inside a sunroom at the back of the house. She was a silvery gray with a long fur that glistened in the sun. She had a sparkly clip atop her head, between her ears. It looked uncomfortable. Cat took in the odd scene before him. The long-haired cat, the sunroom, the chipmunk acting as her guard. Who goes there? The chipmunk squeaked again. No need to holler, Quincy. 
Go make yourself useful. Scan the bushes for any of those shrews that are always milling about. And tell them if they disturb my azaleas again, they shan't be given any books from my library for three weeks. I know how they love to read their precious books. Yes, Duchess, Quincy said, and he dashed into the bushes. While staring at Cat, the Duchess let out a severe meow. Meow. And a human person appeared instantly with a gleaming brush. Cat watched as the human person brushed every inch of her fur. After what felt like days, when the Duchess's fur was gleaming even more than before, she emitted another severe meow. And the person left. The Duchess looked Cat up and down. You're a house cat. A sad, confused, pathetic little house cat. As she spoke, the Duchess cocked her head to the side, her green eyes fixed on Cat. Cat shifted uncomfortably. How can you tell? I mean, not the sad, pathetic part, because I'm not. How can you tell I'm a house cat? The Duchess let out a long, strange laugh. (laughs) Just look at you. Your fur was brushed yesterday, and you reek of... Cinnamon. Blech. One of the long-haired cat's eyes twitched. Cat frowned. I'm not a house cat anymore. Oh, I'm free now. Free? Yes. Interesting. The Duchess studied Cat, and they fell into a silence that was awkward for Cat. The Duchess seemed entirely comfortable with it. Cat finally broke the silence. His mind darted to his neighbor attached to the thin rope. He thought of his water and kibble set out for him each day, his complete reliance on people to survive. I'm tired of being a pet. At the final word, the Duchess flinched. Hmm, I see why you are confused. You poor dear. You've got it all wrong. Got what wrong? Cat glanced around, looking for the exits. We are not pets. The Duchess spat the word like it was toxic. The humans serve us. We are... (coughs) The Duchess continued (coughs) coughing. One of her humans appeared and swiftly shoved a porcelain cup beneath her mouth. She coughed her hairball into it. The human wiped her mouth with a linen napkin, then disappeared down the hall. We are royalty. That was the end of my sentence back there. Royalty. But if we are royalty, then why... The Duchess held up a paw to cut him off. Her human person was approaching again, taking something out of his pocket. It's time for my show. I never miss my show. 
Remember what I said. You've got it switched the wrong way round. Go home. Reclaim your throne. And before Cat could ask her the many questions running through his mind, the Duchess turned herself away from him. Loud music came on, and the human person lit up a laser pointer. Its red dot began dancing on the wall. Cat leaned forward to get the Duchess's attention, but her chipmunk guard appeared. Nothing interrupts the Duchess's show. Cat nodded. He padded away, turning back at the edge of the yard to see the Duchess bobbing her head and pawing at the red dot on the wall. Cat slunk down the sidewalk. The sky had turned a charcoal gray sometime in the last hour. Dark clouds swelled above, looking ominous. A cricket leapt out of the grass onto the path in front of Cat, and he suddenly remembered why he wanted to be outside in the vast beyond. Cat chased the cricket, who leapt away, saying, The cricket hopped, Cat pounced. The cricket hopped, Cat pounced, all the way down the sidewalk. Cat was so entranced with the hopping, singing cricket, he didn't notice it was leading him downtown. The quiet neighborhood had turned into a city street within moments. The buildings were taller, the streets filled with cars. Cat dodged people's feet as he pounced at the cricket. Then it leapt onto a passing bus, singing, It was gone. Cat finally noticed his surroundings. The buildings were monstrous. The sounds hurt his ears. A dog strode nearby, walking a person. The dog saw Cat. Cat dashed away into an alley. His chest felt like it might burst. The dog had been so close, its teeth so sharp. Cat just wanted to rest. That's when the rain began. The swollen clouds had had enough. The rain came down in thick sheets. Cat ran under the lip of a dumpster lid. It barely sheltered him from the torrents of rain. His paws were soaked and dirty. The humans on the street opened tiny parachutes above their heads. Some ran for cars or into buildings. Cat thought of the rug back in his human box. He thought of the cinnamon candle, how he liked to paw at the flame as it danced. He watched as a human person's tiny parachute flipped inside out in the wind. I told you you should spend more than $4.99 on one of those. Cat turned to see a scrawny feline, already soaked, creeping towards him. It squeezed in next to Cat under the lip of the dumpster lid. Oh, hello, Cat said to the stranger. The scrawny cat didn't answer. Do you live out here? Cat asked. Again, no answer. Gosh, this was like pulling teeth. Cat wondered whether this was how all city cats were. Cat remembered what the colonel had said. Fierce. Unafraid. Independent. No nonsense. Cat decided to try one more time, since he had nothing else to do, as the rain fell all around them. Hey, what's your name? 
The scrawny cat finally turned and cocked her head at Cat. Then she swiftly leapt to his other side. Did you say something? Were you talking to me? I'm sorry, I can't hear out of that ear. I'm Sasha, what's your name? Oh, your fur is pretty. Did you come here to hang out with me? Cat blinked. Um, hi, Sasha. I go by Cat for right now. The humans call me Whiskers. Whiskers, huh? It's kind of a silly name. One time, I thought I had heard a human person call their tiny person Arms, and I thought, wow, they're finally being consistent with all this naming stuff, like, across species. But then I realized the tiny person's name was Lars, and I don't think Lars is a body part. I mean, maybe it's on their feet, though. Toes, heel, sole, Lars? Sasha scratched her head with a paw. (laughs) So, Sasha, um, did you escape from a human box? I was born out here. This is my home. It's nicer when it's not raining. Sasha was frighteningly thin. Seeing this, Cat felt very aware of his thick fur and round tummy. Do you like it? Living out here? In the vast beyond? Cat instantly felt hot with embarrassment for saying such a ridiculous thing. Sasha just smiled. Oh, you know, it's fine. There are parades sometimes, like a couple of times a year. City's not really made for cats, you know. It's been harder since the scooters came. One day, no scooters. Next day, scooters everywhere. Gotta watch out for those. My buddy Oscar learned that the hard way. Cat's eyes got big, imagining a fleet of scooters zooming towards him. Would you want to live inside? The rain spattered in puddles all around them. They watched as a very soaked rat scampered across the alley. Oh, interesting thought experiment. Let's see. Worm bed, regular food, no rain, no ants as big as dogs with fangs as big as your paw. Ants with fangs? I'm just kidding. The ants here are normal size. Their fangs are normal size, too. Cat blushed, embarrassed for believing there could be giant ants milling around the city. He tried to picture himself in a year, dodging dogs and trolleys. The cities aren't made for cats, but what about the woods? Maybe I'll go there, Cat said, eyeing Sasha to gauge her response. She shrugged. Lots of foxes out there. Bears. My friend Paul told me there are wolves, but he's been known to make up stories. Like, once he told me there are actually people inside those metal birds that I see flying all the way up in the sky. Isn't that funny? Anyway, he makes things up. Cat gulped, picturing himself trying to escape a wolf. They sat in silence for a while, just watching the rain come down. Then, as abruptly as it had started, it stopped. Okay, so I gotta go. I'm meeting up with a friend and we're gonna paw at the goldfish in the pond down the street. It was nice to meet you. Maybe you can come back and hang out again sometime, do you think? Watch out for the scooters, okay? Like I said, they are everywhere and nobody really knows how to use them. Sasha meowed a goodbye. And Kat was alone in a drenched city, surrounded by people closing up their tiny parachutes. Kat stalked off knowing there was something he had to see with his own eyes. It was evening by the time Cat made it. 
He'd exited the city, wended his way through a leafy neighborhood, and followed the scent of forest animals, which was tricky after the rain. But he made it to the wild. Cat felt a jolt of panic when a family of deer passed in front of him. He'd never seen a deer in his life, and he wondered if these were the wolves Sasha's friend Paul had told her about. But the deer stooped to eat leaves, and their feet looked harmless. Cat relaxed. He scratched a tree to unwind some of his stress. His tummy started roiling with hunger. His hunger fueled his excitement as he imagined snatching a mouse or a small bird to eat. Cat felt like every cell within him lit up in concert as he began to prowl, feeling as though the instincts baked into his bones over millennia were finally expressing themselves. He shook his head in disbelief that he'd spent so many years tamely nibbling on kibbles next to a drying machine set to the delicate cycle. Cat was a wild hunter, and this was his moment. But the moments began to run together into many moments, and then hours. Cat prowled around, but every time he got close to a mouse or a bird's nest or anything else, his prey escaped. Once he was closing in on a little dormouse when an owl swooped out of the darkness and snatched it up with its talons. Don't eat me, please. I'm sorry, but I'm very hungry. As the sun began to rise, Cat gave up. He reset his ambitions. He caught a grasshopper. That was his dinner. He had never wanted a kibble so badly in his life. After finishing the grasshopper, Cat groomed himself as best he could. His fur was matted and scraggly. He licked it over and over, trying to put it back the way it had been. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw something moving. Cat looked up to see the colonel. He was carrying a chipmunk in his mouth and running through the trees. Cat followed him, his head full of questions for the one cat who told him to avoid going home at all costs. I need to know what he knows. The colonel was faster than he looked, even with a bandaged leg. Cat could barely keep him within his sights as they raced through the trees. Cat followed the colonel onto a paved path. It led to a sidewalk alongside a neighborhood street. Cat watched the colonel round a corner. He followed, and then he stopped short as he took in the shocking scene before him. He hid behind a tree to get a safe look. The colonel climbed up to the door of a human box and set the chipmunk on the welcome mat. The door opened and a person appeared. She smiled at the colonel, then frowned at the chipmunk. I told you to stop bringing me presents, you little rascal. The colonel shrugged and tossed the chipmunk in the bushes. The person reached down and picked up the colonel. He nuzzled against her. She took his bandaged paw in her hand.
Colonel Cuddles, you need a fresh bandage, sir. Colonel Cuddles? Cat felt all of the questions seep out of his brain onto the sidewalk. The wise, grisly old cat who said the word safety like it was a poisonous caterpillar he'd eaten by mistake and had to spit out? That colonel was a pet? Cat watched as the person carried Colonel Cuddles inside the human box. Cat bolted forward and crept up to the window. He saw the person replace Colonel Cuddles' bandage. She set out some food in a bowl in the kitchen. She brushed Colonel Cuddles' matted fur. I can't take any more of this. Cat sank down from the window. His mind was blank. The sun had come up. Cat slipped away, back into the trees. This story is not over. That was part one. Tune in next time to find out what Cat figures out about his life. You don't want to miss it. Little Stories for Tiny People is written, performed, and produced by me, Rhea Pector. My in-house tech director, Peter Kay, runs my website and puts my stories on the internet for all of you to enjoy. Special thanks to the listeners who supplied the sound effects used in this story. Thank you to Sophie, Elsa, Violet Pearl, Brianna, Nico, Lamont, Evie, Josiah, Amabella, Cypress, Henley, and Bellin. And thank you to Eve for providing this super important reminder message at the beginning. And thank you also to Lily for taking it upon herself to send me the two-part story proclamation. And thank you, as always, for listening in. 